Hey, Hope family, welcome back to another Hope Daily and our final look at the book of Genesis. And it's been quite a ride. There's so much happening in Genesis. And as the first book of the Bible, it really has echoes all throughout Scripture. Today, as we round out the story, I want to highlight just a few ways that the end of Genesis sets us up for what's to come and how we can see these cycles play out in our own lives. I've said before that Genesis 50-20 serves as both the thesis and the summary of Genesis. There, Joseph says to his brothers, You planned evil against me. God planned it for good and to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Joseph said basically the same thing to them earlier in the story as well. In Genesis chapters 44 and 45, the arc of Joseph's life and story reaches its climax. Joseph has interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and thus predicted the seven-year famine. He's navigated that to put Egypt and Pharaoh in an advantageous position. And now he has encountered his brothers who have come searching for food. After their first interaction, Joseph hears of another brother, Benjamin, so he insists that they come back with this brother. When they do this, Joseph, through a bit of deception of his own, leads them to believe that he is going to take Benjamin as his slave. Benjamin is their father's new favorite, and the brothers know that this is not a good thing to happen, that this will kill their father, Israel. So Judah steps up, and he offers himself instead of Benjamin. After this, we read in Genesis 45, verse 1, Joseph could no longer keep his composure in front of all his attendants, so he called out, Send everyone away from me. No one was with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers, but he wept loudly that the but he wept loudly that the Egyptians heard it and also Pharaoh's household heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But they could not answer him because they were terrified in his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me. And they came near. I am Joseph, your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years and there will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. God sent me to establish you as a remnant within the land and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. We see the same heart of Joseph here as we do at the end of the book, where he says that what you intended for evil, God has used for good. He recognizes that God was behind all of this. Just like God isolated Noah and his family to preserve a remnant, God isolates Joseph to preserve a remnant for himself. Joseph is, therefore, the new Adam, the new Noah, the new human representative, and he saves his people. In a couple chapters later, we read in 47 verse 27, Israel settled in the land of Egypt, in the region of Goshen. They acquired property in it and became fruitful and very numerous. This would be the perfect ending to the story. The, the story of Genesis, but the story of humanity as well. Joseph is a suffering servant who bears the, the suffering inflicted on him while maintaining loyalty and fidelity to Yahweh and he saves his people. His people then enter Goshen, which is spelled with the same Hebrew letters as garden. And there the people are fruitful and multiply. The main cycle of scripture is creation, sin, exile, and then recreation or redemption. 
We see that played out in Genesis. God created and put humanity in the garden. Their sin caused them to be exiled from this garden. But now the suffering servant has brought them back to the garden. At the end of Luke in chapter 24, we are told of two disciples on the road to a town called Emmaus who were discussing all the events of Jesus' life, his trial, death, and the reported resurrection. They are clearly confused about what to make of all these events, and Jesus, though they don't know it's Jesus, says to them, How foolish are you, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken? Wasn't it necessary for the Anointed One to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Luke then narrates, Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Certainly, Jesus saw himself in the pages of Genesis. He saw himself as a Joseph figure, a suffering servant who would lead his people back to the garden. Praise God that he still brings redemption from our sin and is still working the evil intentions of men and even our own evil intentions, together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose.